Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Beyond Sleep Training Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing real tales of how people have managed sleep in their family outside of sleep training culture because sleep looks different with a baby in the house. And because every family is different, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to take. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Kalkadoon people. I pay my respects to the elders of this nation and the many other nations our guests reside in from the past, present and emerging. We honour Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the unique cultural and spiritual relationships to the land, water and seas, as well as their rich contributions to society, including the birthing and nurturing of children. And welcome back to the Beyond Sleep Training podcast. I'm your host, Carly Grubb, and today I have the wonderful Dion Davis as our guest. And Dion is a thought-provoking, strong and wise advocate and activist. Dion is passionate about birth, breastfeeding and decolonizing the parenting space. She is a black American woman currently living in Australia with her family and you've been a member of the Beyond Sleep Training Project for over three years now, I believe, Dion. Yeah, I, th- I think I was there at the beginning. Yeah, because I remember, I remember like as soon as I like read like your first, your first post about it, I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. And then when they started, when you started the group, I was like, yep, I'm there too. <laughs> Cause it just, it just resonated with how I want to parent and how, you know, like children are people, you know what I mean? So I think, I think if we, we start on that premise, you know, that they're fully human from birth, I think that'll go a long way in not just parenting, but in life and everything. That's brilliant. And I'm glad we could actually be there when, when you were, were looking for some solidarity as well. How far through your parenting experience were you when you found us? 
Um, I think. So so wait, when 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 did you start? And we were in two thousand and seventeen. It was two thousand seventeen. Yeah, exactly. So my son was born June first. So yeah, I think you know either he was just like depending on when it actually started, he was either a newborn or it was right before he was born. Um, yeah. Uh, so Brilliant. like, well, I always knew that, you know, I wanted to bed share, but, um, yeah, it was just so great of, of a resource and a community to, to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not alone in this. Absolutely. And so before you had your son, did you have any, like you said, you wanted to bed share. Did you have like the information mm-hmm. you needed to be able to do that? Or like, were you, did you feel a little yeah, bit lost actually, with that at the beginning? I was, I was a little bit lost um, because I just, I just knew that I wasn't buying a crib. I wasn't setting up a, a separate room as a nursery. Um, and I had, um, I researched it. I found out about James McKenna. Um, I found out about the um, Safe Sleep 7. Um, and this was just my own, you know, Googling. Um, I didn't have, you know, a midwife or anybody really leading me towards this information. I just sort of was like, okay, he's going to be right next to me. This is how we're supposed to sleep. We're mammals. Um, so this is where I'm going from. And I just sort of found what I needed. And, um, I was very intimidated, even with the information that I'd, I'd found. Um, so I actually um, purchased a device. Uh, uh, it's called a Snuggle Me Organic. It's kind of like a Daca Tot or whatever else the other ones are, um, so that he could sleep in that and still be in the bed, um, and not I wouldn't have to worry about me rolling over on him or his father rolling on over on him. Um, until I was comfortable with doing like the little C and, and, and I was really solid with that. Cause I was, you know, historically, uh, and I know, you know, pregnancy changes you and your hormones change you. So you don't sleep the way that you used to sleep, but you know, I was a very heavy sleeper. And so, you know, I just wanted to err on the side of caution. Um, and now I know they, they say all those devices you're not supposed to use them for unsupervised sleep and blah 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 but I mean the snuggle or me organic for was a lifesaver and I think it's amazing and what me has done with that that product is is incredible and I think it's a, a great you know method of, of easing your way into it so with that one you they're not supposed to be in it as soon as they can roll over they're out they're right in the bed or into whatever or co-sleep or whatever you do but they can't be in that anymore and um and, you know, right, just like clockwork at four months, he started rolling over. And by that point, you know, I was already preparing myself for it. And so he just came into the bed and like, it was like, it was nothing. It was super easy. And and, and he's still there <laughs> almost four years later. But um, yeah, I was, I was very intimidated and I get why people are really scared of it. And, and then, you know, just your natural inclination to be like, oh, and then, you know, the social pressure and you know, having your pediatrician or your GP say, absolutely not, don't do it, you know what I mean? And, and the fear mongering that goes on um, because it, it doesn't, you know, bed sharing is counter to everything that we're taught about parenting. And because, you know, the way we're, we're parent, we're taught to parent by our society is the capitalist way. It's the way that gets the kid out of the way so that the mother can go back to work. 
because that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? So we're taught to formula feed. We're taught to have them in a crib, have them separate, have you know, tr- have them cry it out because you don't have time. You have to go to sleep yourself, and they'll figure it out and they can self-soothe and you know, like they're on their own. And you know, it's 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 all about separation because that's how you know they create work abuse. You know. But, Absolutely. You know, I'm, and, I'm, I'm not trying to hear that. And so before you had your baby, you said you were already looking into these kind of concepts. What what actually got you on that path? Like, were you always familiar with the idea of bed sharing in your family or what, what led you to actually be curious about that in the first place? So even when I was working in uh, corporate finance um, for a huge international investment bank, I would still on evenings and weekends, I would still babysit for one of the managing directors, you know, just because, you know, I, I'm, I'm an only child, but like, you know, in the first time I thought, you know, I was, you know, like just a typical only child, you know, I have my one other, pardon me, child who was, I was close to was my first cousin and, and that was it. And I was fine with it. And then one time, a former friend um, was supposed to babysit and she had a conflict and she's like, you know, do you mind covering for me? And I'm like, I don't know what to do. You know, she's like, oh no, you'll be fine. The kid will go to sleep. You know, like it's easy. And I'll never forget this child. Her name was Sarah. She was an only child. She was two. And so I went and I was like, you know, well, um, you know, my friend can't make it. It's okay. And they're like, sure, no, whatever. And, um, you know, she was, she had terrible separation anxiety and I'm like oh my gosh like how are y'all going to do this the both of you my friend and and you know because at least she knows her and and the parents like that I mean they were determined to go on their date night so okay I hear I'm left with a child and the child screaming and like she just wasn't trying to hear it and you know Mary Poppins was born like I had this inner nanny in, in me and 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 she was born that night and I just I don't know what made me do it but I started singing Sarah Smile by Hall of Notes to her and she calmed down and oh, that's beautiful. We just vibed until until bedtime yeah and we vibed until bedtime and i actually ended up stealing that job from my friend because then after that <laughs> she didn't want to see my friend and 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 that's how i started babysitting and and from then on it was like forget about it like you know i, I just I, I babysat all the time and and like because I, I wasn't allowed to have real part-time jobs most of the time when i was a teenager like one summer i was allowed to lifeguard but my, my my parents my father in particular were just sort of like you're a kid you don't have any responsibilities you know what I mean like in that sense your responsibility is to go to school and that's it you know um so like I didn't have to pay for my car or pay for my insurance or anything like that because they're like you know we got that covered you know um and so you know babysitting was great because I could earn money and at the time it was good money you know what I mean um and so I would I would just book myself out. <laughs> and then when I went to, to college, I went to Barnard College in New York City, and they actually have the Barnard Baby Service, which is pretty famous. So from that point on, I just I signed up as soon as I got there, and immediately I got a um, a gig with a family that I know to this day. And those kids are now. Uh, they're about to be 34 next month. They were twins, you know, and I babysat for them every Saturday night, my first year of college. And then uh, that summer I, I was in a weekend nanny in the Hamptons and, 
Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and I did that, you know, like I said, from 15 until early 30s. Um, and a lot of these families, I, I still am in contact with, you know, 20, you know, 20 to 30 years later. Um, so, and I've always known that I wanted to be a parent, you know, so that for me happened, you know, and I, I remember that exact moment too, um, when I just sort of was like, this was what I was going to do. And um, when I finally, you know, met my husband and, and was ready uh, and we conceived Dillian, um, you know, by that point I was, I, I knew what I wanted to do. So I'd say for bed sharing though, in particular, um, cause I digressed a bit, I apologize. Uh, with that, no, it was I, great. I remember, I remember in like, say, I don't think I was babysitting anymore. Um, but I, um, I just, all of a sudden, I don't know what started it, but I was like breastfeeding, you know what I mean? Like something, I either read an article or saw something and I was like, oh yeah, when I become a parent, I want to breastfeed. And, um, then from that, you know, then I learned about, you know, more about uh, routine infant circumcision and I learned about bed sharing. And, you know, so it's like, I, I think the, the, the pathway for me was breastfeeding and that's what made me look more into parenting practices. Um, and then, you know, once, you know, and, and like the idea of a, of a nursery always, like I like the aesthetics of it. But, you know, I just, it just didn't seem practical and it just seemed counterintuitive because like, you know, I've just spent nine months, you know, n you know, nurture, creating this, you know, manufacturing this, this product. <laughs> yes. know, like I'm not just going to put it on the shelf. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just going to put it yeah. on the, on the display floor. <laughs> like I want it, you know, I want it, I want it next to me. And, um. And it just, it just made sense. And like, it also like, I'm just, you know, like we're mammals, we're primates. And I'm like, what monkey do you know that this baby sleeps separately? <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what, what name one other mammal that, you know, it's, it, you know, like even like whales and they're in water, <laughs> you know, they're still cuddled up together, you know, like that's the way it's supposed to be. It's um, absolutely yeah, the truth. So. And once you start thinking about it like that, it's hard to kind of, exactly refute or imagine yeah it kind of makes a lot of the stuff start to seem a little bit nonsense i was similar once i started mm -hmm. exploring it that way mm -hmm. as well yeah yeah it's um until you put it into that kind of context though it can seem just the way things are or the way things exactly. are meant to be exactly so you've yeah exactly. that question exactly excellent so when your babe came how what was sleep like for you guys so you already knew you were going to share sleep and you were going to breastfeed, but mm -hmm. what actually happened once mm -hmm. he arrived? How, what, what, what was he okay. like? Yes, so I had had um, a laparoscopic myomectomy um, in 2015 to remove um, uterine fibroids and a dermoid cyst uh, because A, you don't want to have either of those <laughs> in your uterus, um, but B, prior to meeting my husband, I actually was going to become a parent on my own and did three rounds of intrauterine uh, insemination um, with my reproductive endocrinologist back in Baltimore. Um, so, you know, I was, I was already gone. Oh, and then a uh, little bit after a year, uh, a little bit less than a year later, I met my husband and six months after I moved to Australia, we finally conceived. 
Um, so when he was born, so because of, of the previous uterine surgery, I was ineligible to push. You know, I wasn't allowed. They told me at 20 weeks, like after they saw my surgical report for my um, previous surgery, they're like, nope, you're not pushing. You're going to have to have um, a cesarean. So um, they scheduled my cesarean for 38 plus one. Um, um, so that was June 1st. Um, and, you know, he was born and it was fine. So with in New South Wales, I was at, um, I went public and I was at the um, Royal Hospital for Win Women in Randwick. And um, they, if you have a C-section, they let you stay for five nights. Um, now you can go home early if you want to, and then you'll have the midwife visit. And typically they only let the, if you stay that long, you have one midwife visit, instead of two. Um, so I stayed the full five nights and they actually had um, a breastfeeding clinic led by one of the midwives there. And I went there a couple of days because they, they like sort of have different things on different days. Like one one day they show you how to bathe the baby and another day, you know, but like the breastfeeding clinic, I think they have just about every day because some of the mothers obviously um, had vaginal deliveries and they were like out the same day or the next day, you know. Um, so they want to make sure everybody has access. So came home and like I said, I had something organic. So um, my husband was intimidated by it, even with the subway. So he's like, no. So since he was working, I gave him the, the bigger bed. I gave him our king size bed. And I was like, you know what, I'll sleep with Dillian in the second bedroom and the queen with the snuggle be fine. And both mornings, so the first night we're home, wake up in the morning, he's at the foot of the bed. <laughs> Uh, the next morning the same and then then after that I was like look fool like <laughs> obviously he's like, I miss you guys I'm like well then, then get in the bed I'm like I, I will do like I'll I'll push we'll push the bed against the wall I'll push the I'll have the snuggle me next to the wall I'll sleep in the middle and then you you're on the other side so that way there won't be any accidents you don't even have to worry about a straight elbow it's all good. fine so um so that that worked and that that was how it was now I I only recently, and I mean, like in the past three or four years, realized this was because of my asthma. But um, I've had insomnia intermittently, but when I have it, it's really bad um, and chronic for going on, well, at this point, for like 20 years. And, you know, I've been treated for it, but like, you know, never done a sleep study, but like, you know, like basically they're just sort of like, oh, and they give me one medication, and they give me another medication. And you know, my constitution is is like a horse when it comes to anything that's supposed to put me down or, or put, wake me up. Um, so any of those types of, of pharmaceuticals just don't work for me. So um, finally, and I mean, after like five, six, seven years of trying to figure out what what was the right cocktail? Like I can literally take a Xanax and drink a bottle of wine and still be awake. <laughs> like, oh I'm my like, goodness! Of course, <laughs> not that I've done that. Not that I've done. No. I've only it was only a split and it was totally accidental and it was on a plane. So, <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh right, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just have this really, I just yeah no, I have a really weird constitution. Like even in high school, like I try to stay awake to um to do project work. I could take any of the over the counter stuff, no dose, whatever they have, and and they just either make me sick or not work at all. Like, you know, make me sick and not work or not work. <laughs> and so wow. I, I just gave up, right? So finally we found a cocktail and like, I don't even tell people what I take if I really have to go to sleep because like it scares even doctors. They're like, really? And I'm like, yes, really, it works. I'm responsible. Just write the script. 
<laughs> like I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it if I didn't need it. Um, so I'm used to not sleeping. You know what I mean? Like, and for me, like I have to be pushing 36 hours before it's dangerous. <laughs> um, wow. So when he would wake up, it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, like I just whip out the boob and um, feed him and go back to sleep. Um, but he actually, from the very beginning, would sleep five to six hours straight at night. And he did that up until about his full month vaccinations. Um, so I got better sleep than a lot of parents did, did you know, do during that period um, of the fourth trimester. Like he, 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 in that regard, he was a champion. Um, now he didn't nap and like he was a huge cat napper and he was a contact napper. So if I moved wrong and woke him up, that was it. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> we just got to wait till the next, next, next. Yeah, exactly. We just got to wait till, till the next nap. And that gave me a lot of stress, but I just sort of was like, well, you know, his body knows what he needs. And I mean, if, if he doesn't need any more sleep, he doesn't need any more sleep. So I just sort of like, and I was like, and hopefully his brain and his body will be okay <laughs> in 10 years. And I'm not making, but, and I'm like, cause like, it's like, just like those medications can't make me sleep. I can't make him sleep. You know what I mean? So like, it, he'll sleep when he sleeps. So I just sort of had to be cool. I mean, the one thing that I didn't know that, or it just didn't register for me is that I should have pumped. Um, like I should have woken up myself during the, in the middle of the night to pump, you know, um, so that he didn't, you know, miss that feed even though he was asleep and just saved it and gave it to him later. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we're, our breastfeeding journey is, is still going. So, like, we're all right. But um, I was like, oh, I wish I would have, you know, I wish it would have clicked for me that, you know, even though he's sleeping, that I need to do that, you know. Yeah. But, yeah it, like, so, so like, it was, uh, sleep, sleep for us hasn't been that bad. And, I mean, he only just, like, so he's about to be four. And, in the past, say, nine months, he started where he'll go to sleep and sleep 10, 10. He'll sleep the whole night, you know, and, and like, and I don't and I don't mean just sleep five hours. No, he'll sleep from whenever he went to bed until he wakes up in the morning unless he's sick. So now we're, we're, we're cruising now. Yeah, and yet he got there in his own time. So when it when it comes to like you said, he was a real catnapper and whatnot. How did you actually manage sleep during mm -hmm. the day? Then what was your like? What were your tactics? My tactics were to optimize it. You know, so if we were in a position, you know, like so if he fell asleep in the car, I stayed in the car. You know what I mean? I didn't try to because he never transferred. He still doesn't transfer. <laughs> You know, and, I mean, he could be dead, dead, dead asleep in like in the car or the plane or whatever, and he will not transfer. His father can do it. Like, I don't know what Dan has that I don't, but his father can actually manage it sometimes, not even all the time, but like, but I absolutely cannot. So once I learned that, you know, like I, I, I was the queen of sitting in the car and reading a book or playing on my phone or watching a movie on my phone because I was not going to mess up his nap, you know? Um, so, and I mean, actually both of us still do that. If we're in the car and he falls asleep, we'll sit in the car, <laughs> even though, you know, just cause like, obviously he needed it. So I'm gonna give it to him, you know? Um, and yeah, so like, you know, and if I got him, if he was in the, the, the wrap, um, cause I tried to baby wear as much as I could, 
Um, you know, uh, of course, in hindsight, I wish I'd done more, but you know, it is what it is. Like you, you, you'll drive yourself mad, you know, with what a Christian does when it comes to parenting. But, um, I, I, I did, I did it as much as I, I could. <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, if he falls asleep in, in the rap, uh, he stays in the rabbit, you know, if he's in the pram, he stays in the pram, you know, I just, and then, then I just optimized the conditions. Um, one thing that I did do, and I'm very glad that I did is that with regards to noise, I didn't do anything. Like we didn't do any sort of white noise or I had an app, you know, that I used a little bit, but I, I didn't want to condition him too much where he had to ha- have so many sleep crutches where, you know, if everything's not just perfect, he won't sleep at all. And I wanted to expose him because I'm a city girl, like Baltimore's not that big, but I went to university in New York City and I spent you know, up until recently, it was a, most of my adult life up there. Pardon me. Um, he, um, yeah, so I, I I wanted him to, like, you know, if a garbage truck goes by or we live, we mostly lived, with the exception of when we lived in Vaucluse, we've mostly lived in the, fi- in the flight path in Sydney. And, you know, the planes are pretty loud. And they start at 6 and they don't stop until after, you know, till around 11, you know, after 10 o'clock at night. Um, so... And at one point, we lived really close to the Glazeville Bridge, and you could hear, you know, the buses breaking and the motorcycles and everything. So I always made sure that, you know, I didn't modify the noise. Um, and I made sure, you know, the TV's on and all this other stuff just so that he would become acclimated to that. So he can pretty much sleep and, you know, the phone can ring or somebody can knock on the door, the buzzer, and he'll still stay asleep. Um, but yeah, so I just, I just sort of copped it. And I mean, in the back of my head, I was really worried about the cat naps, but like I said, I can't make him sleep. So, you know, I just have to, you know, hope for the best. (laughs) Absolutely. And did you find like, as he got, um, a bit older and he needed less naps in the day, did his naps lengthen or did he remain a a cat napper? Like, what did you notice there? Well, um, no, what happened is, um, um, now when he was doing, when he was really small and he was doing say three naps a day, um, that's, that was when it was the most difficult. When he went to two naps a day, it, he, he would, he would do a solid bit, you know, like, so he'd do, if I, if I, if I, and, and, and I, another way that I try to optimize it is make sure he'd take, have his first nap early. Because if he had his first nap early, he'd he'd have two naps. If he if he waited too late, then it just mess everything up. So if he had his first nap before ten or around ten, um, and then he had his second nap around say two or, or three ish, you know, they they'd each be a solid like hour hour and a half, you know. And now even now he still naps like on the days that he doesn't that he goes to preschool he doesn't, but um like today, but um all the other days <coughs> he'll still nap. Um, and, um, so because I know that, you know, if, if I don't, if he doesn't have a nap, um, then he'll fall asleep by like four o'clock and then that's all, then we're screwed. Well, we're not, it's not that bad because he sleeps with us. So he'll just go to bed at 10 o'clock, <laughs> you know, but, um, but if, 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 you know, like on the days that he's home with me or on weekends, I'll try to make sure he takes his nap, uh, or like, or, or he's in a good position to sleep from 11 to 12, you know, like in, in that window, if he falls asleep there, then he won't sleep too late where it'll mess up him going to bed at a decent hour. Um, 
so that he can clock a good 10 hours at least. But even now, he still, he probably doesn't sleep as much as most kids. Like, you know, on a good day, he'll get 12 hours. But as long as he gets at least 10, 10 and a half, I'm happy. Yeah, that sounds that's sounds spot on for a lot of kids, I think, too. And it's amazing how much variation oh, really? there is in between when kids finish napping. Yeah, yep, definitely. Yeah. It's around that, that, in the window of 10 to 12 hours is like all, I think it's actually 9 to 12 hours is the range of normal. And so if he's oh, also having a daytime better. nap, it all, yeah, it all accumulates yeah. into that 24 hours. So, yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's, it is. It I, always I'm fascinates me. I'm just judging me. him by me. Yeah. I'm, I'm just judging him by me because I was like my dad when I was little. Like, I mean, my father's still, he's 73. I wish, um, like, he can literally sleep 12 hours even now as an adult. And when I was a kid, I slept just like him. I would, you know, like, I could sleep till... 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning <laughs> or even noon if I had stayed up late, like when I was a little bit older. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, like I, I just, you know, you always assume your kid's going to be like you. So I was like, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to sleep like me. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that wasn't for us either. I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely a sleepy, sleepy person. And that was not the, mm-hmm. the case, particularly with my <laughs> first guy. It's like, no, he definitely takes after his dad. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. Like it's like it's like it's like you know, like sometimes it's like they sort of pick. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna take her this from her. I'm gonna take that from him. I think I'm gonna take that one from the paternal grandmother. <laughs> you know, like it, it's so yeah. funny, and you notice these little quirks and these little characteristics, and it's like, wait, you barely spend time with this person. Like, how how have you? You know what I mean? Yeah, so yep. like, even things like facial expressions and things like that, we found mm-hmm. that, like, you can just see these resemblances crop up and it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you really look like your uncle right there. Like, it's, yeah, no, definitely. Exactly. Yeah, that's wild. Genetics, impressive stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. we're getting very close it's, to it's the end of the episode. Yep. So I of was course. wondering if you yep. would be very happy to share a tip with our listeners that you wish you could share with the world, I guess. So my, my tip would be trust yourself and trust your biology. And I mean, that's part, it's, it's sort of the same thing. You know what I mean? We, we're programmed, like we know what to do. You know what I mean? Um, and, 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 and it's based upon survival. It's, 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 it's based, it's, it's, you know, it's ingrained. And I think we all need to trust that little voice because it, it really won't go wrong and it really won't do your child wrong if you trust that voice you know because there there's innate knowledge that we all possess you know it's 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 it's, it's buried in most cases in in our age in our in our society um you know but it's there and you know to dig and find it and listen to it I love that and I do agree with you because sometimes it can be hard to know, um, like wade your way through it, the layers that can be piled in on mm-hmm. top. But mm-hmm. usually if something's feeling wrong inside, in your heart and in your gut, you're usually going to be right, aren't you? Yep. Yep. Just the way, the way things are. I mean, like before, before all of this modern stuff, you know, you had to, you didn't have anything else. You didn't have Google. You didn't have a phone. You didn't have a car you didn't have you know what i mean so so yeah so we have to get back to that 
I think so. And it's also a matter of having some decent role models around you too, I think, like having other people to be able to normalise mm. things like breastfeeding and bed sharing and the nurturing of children, actually being able to see it um, and and the Absolutely. value of it is a hugely important part mm-hmm. of being able to shut out the other noise because that's the thing, isn't it? We're all just looking yeah. for some kind of connection and guidance with other parents around us and if all we get is yeah. that other information, it's hard to know. Yeah. It's it's hard to shut that off, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, you, you do need that validation, but I think that that's another thing we need to do. We need to self-validate. You know what I mean? Like we know. For sure. Like and just trust ourselves. Like like yeah, we need we need the community, we need the village, but but we need to be able to to say, wait, I know I'm right. I know this is right. You know what I mean? Absolutely, especially because it's kind of like you know, as much as we might need those things, sometimes we still can't have them, and to still then be able to Absolutely. see ourselves as worthy and valuable for the work that we're putting in, you can give yourself mm-hmm. that. You you are able to give yourself that without anybody else doing it for you. A hundred percent. I love that. Yep, exactly. Excellent. Oh, well, thank you so awesome. much for coming on, Dion, well, and after all, all of our tech troubles and whatnot, I'm just so glad we got to hear your voice and your wisdom. And uh, thank I, you. If you, and for anyone who's listening along, Dion is one of my favourite people to follow on Instagram. She always keeps the feed nice and mixed up. And so is there anywhere else we can find you, Dion? Um, I started a Patreon, but it's, 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 it's in its infancy. <laughs> How so exciting! Awesome. Yet, but I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get it on, 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 on. I'm gonna get it going, and I'll put it in my um in my bio on Instagram. I have I have a Facebook page, like a, a, a personal blog page, I guess as they call it. But that's just basically my Instagram. So you know, Instagram is really where most of it is. But um, soon I'm gonna start uh, <clears throat> saving my really good stuff for the Patreon. And just sort of saying, you know, new post on the Patreon and, and giving a teaser and then you can go over to yeah. the Patreon and, and get, get the scoop. That'd be brilliant. And when you once you actually have it up, just shoot me through the link and I'll add it to our show notes for this episode. So whenever oh, people awesome. listen okay. to the episode, yeah. they can find it in there. That'd be fantastic. So thank you oh, so much for your time, thank though. You. You're an absolute gem. And um, no, we might you. look forward to talking <laughs> to you again sometime soon. Please do. Absolutely. Yes, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who listened along for today's episode. Thank you. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. The information we discussed was just that, information only. It is not specific advice. If you take any action following something you've heard from our show today, it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or any other advice. Please reach out to me if you do have any questions or if there's a topic you'd really like us to be covering. And if you know somebody who'd really benefit from listening to our podcast, please be sure to pass our name along. Also check out our free peer support group, the Beyond Sleep Training Project, and our wonderful website, www.littlesparklers.org. If you'd like even more from the show, you can join us as a patron on Patreon and you can find a link for that in our show notes. 
if listening is not really your jam, we also make sure we put full episode transcripts on our Little Sparklers website for you to also enjoy and fully captioned YouTube videos as well on our Little Sparklers channel. So thanks again for listening today. We really enjoy bringing this podcast to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.